I love selling dildos. It's my fucking favorite thing because I also think it's so empowering. I'm like, hey, I just shoved this up my vag <laughs> and it felt good. What are you going to do? Internet? No, honestly, um, I, I love okay. it too. I mean, like, uh, for you, I love it for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Burning Hell. What is up, my little devils, my pequeño devilos? How do you say devil in Spanish? Not important. The important thing is, is you guys have been blowing up my DMs, telling me I need this guy in my podcast, because you found out that we were friends. I know the internet world is weird because you follow someone and then you're like, wait, how the hell do they know this person from a totally different world? I have the Quentin Quarantino on. Quentin, a.k.a. Tommy Marcus. Welcome to the building. Welcome. It's hot in here. The Satan says hello. Hi, Hannah. It's good to be on here. <laughs> I'm a little, you know, a little nervous, but uh, less nervous because you're around and we're friends. So oh, thank you. You kind of have a, a good calming presence to you. So... I'm excited to do Probably this. Is one way to describe it. <laughs> I do think I do think that we we've known each other for two years. Um, but this is your first podcast ever. It is indeed. You've never done it. And you've just recently blown up. You have over half a million followers on Quentin Quarantino. And at first you were kind of anonymous and then you've recently showed your face. So this is kind of your like coming out party. I've definitely over the years been approached by people to do podcasts and kind of like thought it over and turned all them down. I've been anonymous for a long time on the internet. And then like you DM me one day a couple of weeks ago, like, so when are you coming on the podcast? And I was just like immediately <laughs> like, you know what? This Hannah this is the perfect timing. I'm ready. Let's do it. And uh, now here we are. Ladies, this is how you deal with men. Don't give them options. Their brain doesn't work as fast as ours. So you just have to say, this is what you're doing. And then they say yes. No, but I actually, Tommy is a unique a unique man because he's only 24. I don't want to age 25, you. 25, thank you very much. Sorry, 25, <laughs> excuse me. You just became a lot wiser. You're 25. I met you when you were 22. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a real change in you. Like I've really seen you evolve. And I feel like a lot of time we talk to single girls on this podcast or girls going through insecurities and coming of age. And you're former, I like to call you finance bro, but you're an accountant. And Doesn't I can't really wait count. to kind of delve. <laughs> <laughs> you are someone's bitch boy. Exactly. Doing numbers. Yes. And I think that we need to get in the mind of like a finance bro's mentality and then how he kind of escaped. But before we start, I just want to tell a sad story. Do you have dogs? I do not, but my parents uh, have a corgi and a French bulldog. Beautiful dogs. Wait, wait, that's like two of the most Instagrammable dogs ever. How have I not seen them on your Instagram? Yeah, uh, well, they are, they are on my Quentin Wholesome page, but, uh, oh, you know, okay. um, they are definitely the two most Instagrammable dogs you could possibly imagine. What are their names? The corgi is Skylar, and she's very uh, disapproving, and you know you don't always know what she's <laughs> thinking of you. And uh, French she's judging. Yes, and the French bulldog is Bailey. She's 11 years old, I, th I believe. My mom's oh. gonna text me and be like, "She's 10. How did you not know?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's 10 and a half. <laughs> she's there. Do you even love both, her? They're both beautiful, and uh, I definitely. I love that Skylar has an attitude though, and like, no, she's better than you. Yeah, my parents got her like the summer before I left for college. So I was never really like a family member to her. So she, when I come in, so oh. I was like, eh, I don't know about you. Um, but She's recently smart. we actually have kind of become closer friends, uh, Skylar and I. I love that for you too. Well, <laughs> I'm my current boyfriend. I love him like as if I'm, I have so many all the time and I'm going to leave tomorrow. But my, my boyfriend loves dogs he's like I'm a pit bull guy I'm a pit bull guy but I brought in butter and I was like I can't have your pit bull eat butter's face off even though butter she holds her own she's tough so we've been fostering these dogs and they are so cute this one's from the Bahamas it's called like a pot cake dog they're basically like dogs that run around in the streets in packs and I guess some rich people were like we cannot have these dogs free we need to put them in our Hamptons mansion so anyway but these dogs actually live a much much happier life once they're taken in because there's a lot of disease whatever anyway so I don't really know how to deal with dogs I'm a cat person everyone knows that I've been trying to make cat women cool for the last couple of years on Instagram it's kind of working I think out it's really. worked just to interject oh my god stop 
<laughs> do you want to get a cat? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do have a. Oh yeah. I do I have forgot. a. I do have a big portrait of a cat behind me. I, I would call yeah, you myself have a, cat photo. a cat person. I uh, my best friend growing up was a cat named Seamus. Uh, may he rest in peace. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> Seamus is so. Whenever I eat too much, and because my boyfriend's Irish, I go, "Oh, we're gonna have a little Seamus." Mm-hmm. Okay, I've already talked about my boyfriend too much. I'm gonna get in trouble, or people are gonna be like, "Hannah's not funny anymore. She's a boyfriend." <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's all happy. It's not funny anymore. So long story short, I don't know how to deal with dogs. I don't like the whole poop thing. Like cats, it's like in a litter. Yep. You just like scoop it, but you have to like physically touch the poop and like feel the texture. Like, you know what they fucking ate that day? Anyway, it's like warm. I don't like it, but I've decided to be a good girlfriend and walk the dog sometimes. So it was 11 PM pitch black and the dog need to be walked and Des was asleep and I was like I will walk the dog so I'm walking the dog and the dog starts to have like the time of her life and she starts like rolling around on the floor and like for a cat cats when they roll around show you their belly it means they're like so happy so I'm like this dog loves me the dog's rolling all over the place and it's pitch black so I don't really know what's happening but I know she's happy and we get back in I realize the dog's been rolling around in another dog's poop that's beautiful. Should this dog know not to roll around in shit? And then you don't just get it off. Shit has a strong, strong way of holding on. Shit is like a roach, but like if it was a sense of smell. Like it doesn't leave anywhere no matter what you want to do. So anyway, I got back and I was like, wake up, the dog's full of shit. And we had like a whole moment and it was not great for our relationship, but we've survived it. But I just want to let you know, I've had a rough fucking night, but we're here now. And you're very you're a smiley face and making me happy. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to make it make things happier for you, Hannah. By the way, Tommy loves Summer House, and he is like my Reddit spy. Like he tells me when Reddit it's hates true. me or like when Reddit loves true. me. Side note: Did you watch the Summer House trailer? Uh, I did. It looks. I saw you crying a lot. You know I just I'm remember the last season. I went to one of the uh, the filmings of the episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a story that I just I was in the middle of all this, but you know, like we were. I mean, not we, like I was in a toga, I was in a toga and I was so drunk and I somehow ended up like rolling around in the, in the mud with, with all these baby goats. <laughs> and there was a moment where I looked up and like three cameramen were like filming my ro- Like I, so I spent the next six months, like I didn't tell you, but I was like really worried, like oh my god is there gonna be like a scene where it's like look at this drunk guy rolling around with the goats all of episode four is about your journey (laughs) with the goats and (laughs) how drunk you were it's funny because i think it was that party was that when we had the the big um like thing that people slide down probably yes i believe so because a cameraman (laughs) broke their arm a girl locked herself in a closet because she was having some kind of like too drunk Mm -hmm breakdown and then I, someone else also like broke their foot so um that's called Su- a successful Su- summer, house summer house party <laughs> so you excited to watch the new season or what because i need i need my male demographic yeah. no, I, I really am i get my i get my uh friends to watch it too i, I have a few friends who are in, you have like at least five male f- fr- uh Fuck fans yeah. so you're welcome i love bringing men to bravo when i first met you two years ago you actually started with an account called Unhinged, and you were doing well. And I don't know if people know that you're necessarily connected, but that was the account you had. Can you tell me about the day we met? Yes, my page Unhinged was about dating app humor, and it started with me just kind of like talking to girls on apps and posting like th- things I found funny. What was your like vibe? Like, what's your game? I think my game was that I have no game. <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, it went viral. Um, what was your openers? I want to know, like, would you say, hey, would you like, like, what was your opener in a dating app? I, I would definitely vary it by person each time. Um, so there was, Would you find, like, something specific in their photos? Yeah, the just, like, something that I could make some sort of connection to. If not, I would just, you know, get scared and not say anything. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, the page went viral, and... All of a sudden, I had this like Instagram following, and meanwhile, I was sitting in this accounting job. I had just gotten out of college, kind of like walked my way 
through college, limped my way through college into this job um, for kind of like, you know, I just followed the cues of what people around me kind of said was the right thing to do and found myself wearing a suit and tie in this accounting firm. Like in college, did you have a passion? Did you have a passion for anything or did you know what your goal was? No, I I mean, I thought that I was just going to be some suit and tie guy who made a lot of money. I think that was the extent Mm -hmm. of my vision. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, if you put a suit and a tie together, doesn't that make money? Yeah. No, sometimes I get like Snapchat memories from me going to like internship interviews from like six years ago and I'm just in a suit and tie. Oh, and I just like remember how like proud I was to just like be in the suit. And I was like, here I am. You're like, we will hire you <laughs> to be our slave and we won't pay you. And we're going to treat you like shit. But then you could use it on your resume. Little did I know the suit was like $120. <laughs> They probably knew. Yeah, they probably did. They probably <laughs> did right away. <laughs> so you start your accounting job. Mm-hmm. Was any of it enjoyable? I will say that the people that I worked for as a small company, they were all really nice. But I knew very early on that I was kind of in the wrong place, just like in the wrong profession. Like even that, I would t- I would be catching up with people from high school from younger days and they'd ask what i'm up to and i'm like i'm working at an accounting firm and they're like they'd be like you accounting firm like that doesn't sound right mm. um isn't it funny when other people see you in a different light sometimes than you see yourself like everyone's always like oh i have so many haters but sometimes it's other people like your friends who are like when i got on reality tv people were like duh <laughs> And I was like, what? You guys always thought I was crazy? And they're like, yeah. But in my head, I was like, no, I'm going to be in business. I'm going to do marketing. So sometimes it's good to get other people's perspectives on like the real you that you're not like influenced by society about. Right. So anyway, I built the unhinged page while I was at the job. I started it about six months into my six or seven months into working there. Um, and it was really just out of kind of a mixture of boredom and depression, I guess. <laughs> um, <Ooh. yeah. laughs> Actually, that is a great combination for creativity is boredom and depression. I want to know, like, how was your confidence level at this time to like start a, a meme page while also having this job and also be dating in the city? Like, where was your head at confidence wise? I think I tricked myself into being confident, like on the outside, but like inside, deep down, I knew that I was kind of just going through the motions and like, and to be quite honest, I was, I was sitting there like, how did I actually end up here? Like, I was really just, I, I just remember I'd have some moments where I'd be sitting there doing my data crunching, whatever, and just being like, when did this become me? Um, so it was like, I, I, I never really... Did you party? Like, did you blow off steam? Um, yeah, I mean, it depends on your definition of party, I guess. <laughs> Blowing off steam, I would say, would be the more uh, applicable definition of, of me at this job um I would uh very often I don't know if you've ever been to the the Port Authority bus terminal um oh the armpit of the world yeah so for for anyone who doesn't know the Port Authority bus terminal is yeah as Hannah where said pe- the armpit people's of the dreams world. die yeah um <laughs> it's good for people watching. where you go to cry and no one cares right it's just like everyone's <laughs> crying like just you know no one gives a shit <laughs> um anyway there there's uh there's this bar on the second floor of the Port Authority bus terminal called I believe McCann's Irish pub and when I was really this is like pre-starting unhinged and like while I was like in the shit of like who the fuck am I and why am I here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was frequenting this bar quite often to to, to blow off steam, um, and I, I I would describe. Would you go with your friends? No, or alone? I never went with anyone ever. I went alone every single time. Oh my god, that's so sad. I would sit or was there. it like, yeah? What would you do? No, it was sad. <laughs> um, I would get out of work like late because it was the type of job you get out of, like seven or eight, and I would just go sit there i'd like i was living with my parents at the time so oh you wanted like a little independence before you had to deal with like why didn't you clean your room right so you know what ended up really happening was i i'd go in this place it's, it's really kind of like a white collar bar it's a lot of people getting off long days or in the middle of long journeys and just kind of strange people walking in and out um 
and I, I would just sit there and drink a lot, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like quite a lot. Would you talk to people? I, yeah, people that was kind of the, my thing. I would just kind of be sitting there. Now during the pandemic, I'm actually like, kind of like, damn, that doesn't sound so bad. But I, I, would, I would always just like start conversations with the, the other randos who were in there. And there were some regulars, but it really was the random people who were like the most... Uh, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but um, characters. Yeah, I, I, I met some fucking characters. You could there. even call them creatures. Yes, I yes. like to say creatures. Yeah, like there's creatures of Walmart, creatures of Target, creatures of the Port Authority. And did you see that as like your future if you stayed in your job? Uh, yeah, no, there would definitely be a daily moment of clarity where once I was like <laughs> hammered and I was just like, you know, like the poor, like the bartenders like they all knew me and like i could see them like like i didn't fit in there like you know like and they were like always just kind of they would talk to me a lot they knew me by my name which is like you know the first step of knowing something's wrong <laughs> but uh <laughs> it sounds like the hamster will will yeah like you know where your alarm goes off and you feel like one of those movies where the alarm keeps going off yes. and the day just like goes like meh, 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 meh. and i remember being in some of those hamster wheels and just being like i need off but i don't know where to go but the day i met you i think you messaged me and you had the count account unhinged and you're like i have some questions and i was like cool i love not being just like a reality tv person i like being considered like a fellow internet creator and we got coffee and you basically were like i quit my job like we we had we had had some direct messages where i was like so like i think i'm quitting my job tomorrow um if i do i'll let you know uh if i don't we can't get lunch <laughs> um and then i ended up i remember like walking in and being like i'm not gonna do it today and then like I remembered that like I had told you we were gonna get lunch and that was like one of yeah. the reasons that I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. And then I just walked in and quit. But and you didn't just you didn't just quit. Like you had some kind of like corporate sponsorship. Right. Like did you have money coming I in? I did. I, I had uh corporate sponsors on my unhinged mm -hmm. page and I was doing a at the time a little bit of like consulting for uh startups. How many followers did you need before you got like a corporate sponsorship? Um, I think the first corporate sponsorship was like 90,000 followers or something. Mm -hmm. And I think at the mm -hmm. time we were around the same size, like you weren't like 500,000 yeah. follower Hannah Burner. So, you know, I was lucky I got in early. <laughs> okay. I don't like your tone, <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's so funny because I literally, I feel the same no matter. Followers really don't affect anything except like people like try to talk to you more. Yeah. Which actually is quite annoying at times. Yes. But you, <laughs> or they just like want things from you. They get very leechy. So you quit your job. But tell me, was Unhinged everything you wanted it to be? So, you know, in the beginning when I quit my job, it was like, you know, I did it. And I, I, I was so proud of myself for like branching off and doing this kind of like risky thing. That's like, it felt more like, like me, but you know, after leaving my job, I, I kind of started to feel like it was like a be all end all. Like I had to, I had these corporate sponsors now that I had to please. And I was putting up posts and every time I would post, I'd be worried about who I was going to piss off. If it was going to like lose, if I was going to potentially lose money from it and really just like focusing on people pleasing became this dominant characteristic of running this page. That's so scary. Cause yeah, you have no control. It's whether other people think you're good yeah. enough. Like, that sounds like high exactly. No, yeah. I mean, I started it for myself, and, like, quickly it became about everyone except myself. Um, it was, like, this mm -hmm. urgent need to prove to, to, to friends, family, that I wasn't, like, absolutely crazy for quitting my job and becoming, like, this this meme guy um for lack of a better word i think that is the best possible yeah. word to, to describe it but like that yeah. was my only source of validation was retaining corporate sponsors and like proving people that i wasn't crazy i guess and you also had to prove to yourself you weren't crazy yes and i think you needed to gain that actual confidence mm -hmm. also two years ago like you've changed a lot physically like you've put on some good weight like i feel like you've been working out I'm a so little proud you, you also have <laughs> I know, like and you know you have your hair a nice type of way like guys are so funny they really do evolve so much you're still fucking growing probably um and you have 
you're tatted up now in like honestly like sexy like quality just like done making me want to get tattoos but i'm 29 like you can't start getting tattoos Never at 29. Too late, Hannah. if you need some consultation i've got you well, where did you get your tattoos because they look like you got them like in peru from like a handcrafted <laughs> like like monk in a in a so it's funny so the first uh tattoo i got was um actually it, it's a it's bikini bottom tattoo on my forearm and oh, so i really yeah so i really jumped right into it but this was like you know a couple months after i had quit my job and it was like for a lot like for a lot for probably a year after getting that tattoo i didn't really know how to explain like why i i'm not like some like diehard spongebob fan or anything um <laughs> But like to me, I, I had had this photo saved on, on, on my uh, on my computer forever. Um, and I'd always like thought like this would be such a cool tattoo. One day my roommate, I, I was in the city now, um, my roommate texted me like, you want to go get uh, a drink after work? Um, and then like six drinks later, we were Googling, like we're on the Lower East Side, Googling closest tattoo shop. And oh we went to this place. I love enabling Yeah, friends. so we, we went to Fine Line Tattoo. And on the Lower East Side, I actually believe it closed down, unfortunately. But um, luckily, uh, this is like a, a pretty detailed tattoo. And like, I am mm -hmm. pretty crazy for just going to a random place. And luckily, that one came out well. Um, Why did you do it? It was though? like... Like, what was the psyche the behind psyche it? The psyche behind it was like, I have left the corporate world, the finance world. I'm, I'm not gonna be like, I wanna be my own person. I wanna be like my own brand. And just having this tattoo was like kind of me in some weird way, like making this bet on myself that this was all going to work um, because you know, there's not a lot of finance executives with SpongeBob tattoos on their forearms. But if you were like really badass, you would have gotten it on your hand or your forehead or your neck. I mean, I guess we're finding um, out I'm not that badass then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it makes it reminds me. I just watched a documentary on Takashi69, mm -hmm. who I didn't know anything about. But he basically got the tattoo 69 all over his body to be like, I am Takashi69. I am that rapper man. And that's the only job I can ever have. I actually heard Pete Davidson quick pop culture update it has tattoos all over his body is trying to get all of his tattoos removed like hundreds of tattoos which is gonna be so painful because he says that it's like too much work removing them with makeup every time he has to perform mm -hmm. for snl maybe but i think it's because they're all his ex-girlfriends anyway i fucking stand spongebob spongebob was our childhood i love that for you but you have other tattoos. Tell me what they yeah, I've mean. Got this nice little line drawing of a, a lotus flower, um, which is it's kind of like a Buddhist concept of um, rising above, I guess, and like like you know, like facing challenges and kind of uh, adversity and blooming despite them because the lotus flower like grows in murky waters etc um so that's that's one i really like that sounds like really deep but i feel like a girl can make fun of you on a date that's that. fine if you want to make fun of me on a date for it because to <laughs> me i got it in a time it means your shirt's off I, <laughs> well yeah uh that but also like you know i got it at a time where i felt like i was blossoming which is yeah kind of recently i think i got this tattoo like three months ago oh hell yeah i like it also is aesthetically pretty and i remember why i should i can't make decisions for myself to get tattoos because the, the tattoo i wanted when i was like 20 was the tattoo of the word brooklyn under my boob yeah see that's kind of th that's not a good idea <laughs> <laughs> and okay so you keep getting more what else do you have I have a rocket, sh a little rocket ship on my left bicep. Um, that's kind of, it's hard. It's that one. I still don't have the explanation perfectly down, but like in my brain, it makes sense. And it's kind of just about you're soaring. Yeah, kind of, uh, in a way. And then I have this Egyptian thing on the back of my arm that is called the Jed. And it's basically a pillar of 
stability and balance. Um, I'm not going to get into the actual uh, Egyptian myth um, because I doubt your listeners are that interested. And I also don't remember like the the specifics. <laughs> but at the time when I got when I got it, <laughs> you go and I also don't fucking know. <laughs> I just think it looks good. But they're good conversation starters. Yeah. They do- the thing is it does look yeah. good and. And tattoos will change in meaning over time. And I also think it depends on the per- – it's like all of us. We all see things through our own lens. And whatever SpongeBob means to you is what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you have Unhinged. You're transitioning as a person. You have corporate sponsors, but you're feeling pressure. What happens next? We're on this journey with you. Really, like, my, my intentions of originally being entertaining and funny and, like, human – uh, they were distorted into the actual execution, which was about making sponsors happy, making every follower happy. I would never post, never dare to post anything political or polarizing or anything. Um, so really, um, it became kind of toxic for me. I was exhausted and um, kind of was wondering if I had made a mistake. Um, I was kind of trapped and you know, it unhinged to me was really like the be all end all to my life at the time. Like, you, like, well, because that's how you have to be when you commit right. something. And that was the only you have to thing. be like, this is like, everything. You know, I, I am Tommy and I have unhinged and that was everything. So but I love this moment because so many people were probably looking at you being like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous of Tommy. Like he's making money just like posting on Instagram. Like that seems fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, on the outside it did. But really, I felt kind of backed into a corner where I was just, you know, the intention was for me to be working for myself. But really, I was I was working for corporations at the end of the day, even though I was, you know, didn't have to go to, into an office uh it was still at the end of the day, the same kind of concept that I had people that were, you know, looking over the stuff that I was doing and making sure that it, it, yeah. it fit their brand visions and goals. And, and stuff. also at least in an office, you can leave and go get fucked up at Port right. Authority where this, it's like every second of the day you could be doing something. And like you're definitely posting at night, wake mm-hmm. up in the morning to prepare for stuff. Like when you work for yourself, there's no off hour that you can just like, check out i feel like some people just feel like we're not working but really it's like you wake up and you're just immediately working because everything that you do is kind of work well i struggle with balance Mm -hmm. sometimes especially because like if you pick up your phone you could be on your phone all day because there's that spiral of okay check your email answer some emails check instagram answer the dms um go to twitter answer the tweets or check the tweets then you know go back on email people respond to respond to them go back on instagram respond to all the dms there post something next you know you get a phone call and like you're just not off your phone the whole day and like you need that balance of like living to create good content but so anyway bring me bring me to current how did quentin quarantino the biggest meme page on the internet right now like you've exploded everyone knows about you how the fuck did that happen from you going from one dark place to kind of another dark yeah, place? Yeah, so in December and January of this, this you know, recent year, uh, so like 2019 going into 2020, I lost uh, most of the corporate sponsors that I had pretty randomly. And like there was no explanation given. So I was kind of sitting there like... Oh, so the universe was like... Yeah, done. so, you know, I was really sitting there, you know, I was really losing my stability more than I already had. So the pandemic hit and I I was burnt out, but I had this desire to like, you know, try again. So this time I, I you know, I obviously the pun Quentin Quarantino is great. Um, I was on top of the coronavirus news in January and February. I knew it was coming. I didn't listen to Donald Trump. The joke at the beginning was like, I'm posting every 30 minutes until the pandemic's over. And like, so was that good for the algorithm to be posting that uh, much? Pro- I don't know. Start? I think I, honestly, <laughs> a lot of people hire me thinking I'm some like Are you gonna get algorithm <laughs> like expert like growth hacker. And, and honestly, like you know, yeah. I don't know. No one knows exactly got how people they- love the word yeah. hacker. It's such a buzzword. Yeah. So honestly, I had nothing to lose. Like a lot of people, I was feeling like the pandemic was starting, and I was feeling lost, disrupted, and ironically, that was kind of like the safest window for me to be like real 
self-deprecating and like imperfect because you know like the whole fucking world was falling apart so i could feel safe everything was falling apart but i do think that you have a particular sense of humor as in like you were posting your own stuff you were curating other content and it was just like the best tweets of like you know being alone with your own thoughts banana bread sourdough bread sweatpants. like you know sweatpants <laughs> like it was just everything in one place and i'm gonna tell you the name really is so important mm -hmm. like the name was so good and i remember you messaging me early on being like hey can you follow this account do you ever get scared to ask other people for help because like i personally am bad um, at that. no i just felt comfortable with you um i didn't do it with that many people but i was definitely like hannah will follow me i bet hannah will follow me if, if i ask her um <laughs> She's a follow whore. <laughs> but you did follow me, and I appreciate that. Um, because the, the early uh, early day blue checkmark follows were definitely inspiring. Who are some big people who follow you? I mean, you know, they're, they're, now it's like I get messaged like the other day. Someone was like, Drew Barrymore follows you. And I was like, oh, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but like in the beginning, like the first like few hours that I had the page up, I don't know if you remember Mr. Hudson, who's like a singer. Uh, he collabed with Jay-Z and Kanye West on a lot of their albums, had a couple mm -hmm. of those mm -hmm. songs that meant a lot oh, to yeah, me back yeah. in the day. Um, and I saw Mr. Hudson followed me. This is like literally three hours into me like posting on the account. I was like, whoa i am on to something here. were you immediately getting a lot of likes uh yeah yeah it was i mean like i had the secondary platform to like be like go check out this page <laughs> unhinged be like um, check it out but yeah, i was also yeah. like being careful but anyway because starting something is scary once you start something it's not immediately going to pop off necessarily and it could just be like a real drag and people hate failing right. so i could see why a lot of people don't even start something new to be like oh i don't want another failure but you went well it's, it's it, like and it immediately popped it's, it's, off it's, it's almost like i was just so burnt out from the failing of unhinged that i was just like fuck it you at least want a fresh yeah fail. i was like fuck <laughs> i don't have to worry i don't have to obsess i didn't have it into in me to throw in like the level of I guess perfection that, that I was doing mm -hmm. with Unhinged, I was truly just, you know, it was a live stream of my consciousness and has been from yeah. the second I started it. But your consciousness changed. It started very light and funny. And then you've kind of become this like political voice. And for people who are like, Hunter, don't get political on your podcast. We're not getting political. Calm down. I'm talking about his political podcast that kind of seemed to help. Like, I don't know you've become so confident and like i feel like you're being very true to yourself well you're perfect for burning how because burning how is a combination of comedy and mm -hmm. serious you've really found this new voice of like you were just you posted every single second of the election i did i i i literally slept two hours a night for like the whole month of november at the beginning it was supposed to be a 14-day quarantine i was making jokes about mm -hmm. you know i ordered a 10-pound bag of sour patch kids and i was eating malamars for dinner and chef boyardee was like the only real quote-unquote real food that i had it was a different kind of pressure like i did feel like all of us i had these hundreds of thousands of followers and i did make a pretty drastic switch to posting political stuff um my goal was, is always kind of to, to do political stuff in a comedic way. I don't know. It was ironic because it was, it made me like have to take a stand for myself or like have an opinion for myself. Yeah. And then like, I started doing that yeah. and you know, like, and possibly be told you should die oh, or you're the stupid. amount of death threats that I've gotten, Hannah. Um, oh my God. There are a lot. And you know, someone even did some like trigonometry type of stuff where i posted a, a a picture of like out my window when we people were cheering at 7 p.m uh for the essential workers changing shifts and i got a message from someone being like he listed my exact apartment number and was like wow you recently changed oh, no. your curtains and i had like just recently changed the Holy curtains and i'm like oh my god <laughs> so i'm like you know oh. losing tons of followers etc but the people who were sticking around i think they were appreciating i guess my willingness to take a stand and share my honest thoughts like they're like i started to just not care you fucking called out other meme accounts and you basically said in so many words like meme accounts who haven't taken a stance politically like big fucking mistake 
What did you mean by that? In general, I'm not like I run. Those are fighting yeah, words. Yeah, no, I'm 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 a fighter. You know, in a, on Instagram at least. <laughs> um, but I, really, I I'm gets one SpongeBob tattoo. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I am in general just kind of against the the like I'm gonna play this neutral because I have all this. But I get it. I I do understand that the, these big meme pages have turned into really like you know corporate brands that are worrying about the 15 different sponsors that they have and what they're going to think if they make one comment that's that's too anti this or anti that in in my case that would be anti-trump but we're, we, we'll try to stay away from the, fully going into that but you know like <laughs> it's like i just have this i i feel like these platforms are more important than people realize like it's i know it's a meme page but at the same time, like you're you're talking to so many people that the stuff that you're putting out there is is really important. Well, people think everything they read on the internet is true. Right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where it comes. I mean, I get most of my education from memes. But I think <laughs> Hopefully my why page. do with <laughs> Yes, with all this power though comes great responsibility. Do you ever feel like who am I or like why do I have this kind of word of God in Quentin Quarantino right now? I think the reason that people really connect with me is that I don't pretend to be some all-knowing person. Mm -hmm. I've gotten into many difficult conversations and discussions with people who disagree with me. I mean, I think that's what mm -hmm. a lot of people like me for is that, you know, I, I kind of I fight the 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 hateful people with kind of, I make it into a joke. I've made tons of memes about people who have started off like threatening me with death and then ended up with free merchandise. Um, uh, but like, <laughs> anyway, like it's, it sounds crazy that. to say that like I became myself through a meme page, through an alias on a pun of my second favorite director. I love Wes Anderson, I have to admit it. Like Tarantino's awesome. But I, Wes Anderson is my favorite director. But like by literally, you know, just following the flow of real time events, I think it kind of taught me actually, ironically, to be my real self. It's it's an ironic plot twist. Thing is, you have to have some fucking you have to have some fucking like confidence to be like these are my beliefs. This is me. You're not really that anonymous now. People kind of know well, who it's you about are. I'm fucked now. Kinda, <laughs> you're fucked now. You're like. <laughs> This is all of me. It's similar like reality TV. You're just like, everyone can have a judgment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the Tommy two years ago like could have done this. He couldn't have. Like, that makes me happy for you. But also, are you, what are you still, like, do you still deal with anxiety and depression? Like, how's your mental state? To be honest, my mental state is the best it's ever been. I hate wow. saying that in a pandemic because I know a lot of people are struggling and I've, I've struggled for a long time with uh, stuff like that. But I think kind of through this evolution and like, you know, personal, like you said, like I've, I've put on weight, like I've really like, like literally and figuratively grown into myself. Um, and on this, this page, Quentin Quarantino, what's really connected to people is being human, being like a clear and confident identity. And that is what I, I, I would say, you know, not to pat myself on the back too much, but like, I, I really kind of have my identity set there and people know what to expect from me. I like that you use the word human. Yeah. Because that's how I explain reality TV. It's like people aren't watching to watch like the perfect Hannah. They're watching to see me make mistakes that a lot of people right. make and how I solve it. Um, how's your dating life, though? Like, because I know that you had your insecurities dating in the past. I know that it's tough being a finance bro who's an accountant who's crying at a bar in New York City. Like, how how are you feeling as a dude? Um, to be honest, I I mean, my dating life has been like pretty non-existent for 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, for a while, honestly, uh, because I think I I just have been so focused on my personal growth because I kind of looked my looked at myself in the mirror. A couple of years ago and realized that I wasn't the person that I wanted to be and I think I would you know on dates like I don't have any like crazy dating stories I I just feel like I would kind of always be performing like as this person that I wasn't like just because I didn't really know who I was yet do I fully know who I am no obviously like you keep growing and stuff I'm sure in five years I'll I'll think differently on things but you know there's a there's a certain level of like I was going out on dates and like you know 
we would hit things off, but I would just be like, I'm, it's kind of a front. Like, did you feel like you deserved the girl? No, not at all. Like you felt like the sidekick, not the star. Exa- yes. Yes, exactly. Hannah, you're, you're reading me like a book. Yeah. Girls can smell blood mm-hmm. and weakness. So if they sense that you don't feel like, like you want them and you, des- and they deserve you and like, like then they're going to just smell that oh, fear. Exactly. Exactly. And I didn't, I had never really bet on myself in my life on like I, you said sidekick. I feel like for, for a long time, I have kind of been like a human sidekick in like a people pleasing type of way, like not just on Instagram, like in every facet of my life. I do think in the past, I think guys and girls, you have this image for like what success means or like what being like a hot individual is. And then you don't realize that it's like always been there. And like, you just have to find what makes you, you like being a white dude right now in 2020, like, and especially with like so much anxiety going on. I feel like so many guys have that like toxic masculine energy where they're like, I just have to be the toughest, right about everything. And like, did you feel like you fit into that mold? I mean, there were definitely aspects of, of these weaknesses that I've describing been describing that were kind of like molded from, I would say a toxic masculinity kind of uh, foundation of, you know, suppressing your true feelings and trying to be this, not that I ever thought I was a macho man. When you first met me, I weighed like 150 or 140 pounds, but like, you know, like the, the, the concept of like the alpha male, like I, I don't have feelings. I like, you know, nothing can stop me. Like a lot of men think that's what being a quote unquote, like alpha, like confident person is. But in reality, that's, that's what really, I really, I would say toxic masculinity is it's, and it's not it's like the the exact opposite of authenticity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's funny because earlier on I was like, girls can smell weakness. It's not even that we smell weakness. It's like we can tell when you're questioning yourself mm. because we love a sensitive man. Little devils love a sensitive man who's in touch with his feelings, who's going to therapy. Like, it's hot to not just have a man who's like putting on a front that he's so fucking tough because honestly it's like – boring i'm bored like what yeah, i spoke to my to- therapist last night about this podcast episode she's she's gonna <laughs> listen to it <laughs> oh my god it's amazing but it's like i don't want to hear about your lacrosse goal when you were a junior in high school i want to hear about like what keeps you up at night and like what you're doing to work on yourself and it sounds like you're in that game now where you're like this is me these are my ups and downs my weaknesses my strengths and like let's go on this journey and like let's own it at least Definitely. and quentin quarantino seems like this really healthy place for you to express yourself and also be like this is what i fucking stand for like doesn't it feel good to stand for something yeah even if people hate you for it exactly um and and that's what i hate about social media is like how inaccessible famous people are not to name names but like the to to name names like the kardashians and those types like (laughs) just showing their strengths their beauty and never like their weaknesses or or their their soft side and that's what you do really well hannah like in the same breath that you're like you know reality star hannah bernard you know pretty and all that all you know all the stuff you've got going for you you also like routinely like make fun of yourself so like for every moment that you're like cool and attractive and successful you're also like like the picture of like holding the food baby thing uh which i think i commented (laughs) i think i had like one of the top comments and i just commented like i have no idea what to comment on this (laughs) but i loved it what's so funny too is bella hadid came out with a bloating photo like the day after or something and she literally looked like when I wake up in the morning, like it was not a fucking bloat. I was like, I'll show you a real bloat. But I, there is something to say, like people are aware of that, Tommy. Like people are aware of like, okay, we have to be more open and like show our emotional sides. But it's like they're still doing that in a crafted way. Like even Kendall Jenner being like, I have anxiety. Like talk actually, but like show it, like show yeah. it and stop editing all your fucking photos and changing your face. But anyway, you have gone on such an amazing journey. We are going to finish with the seven deadly sins. Cue the music. Seven deadly sins. What are you greedy about? That's a good question. I think sometimes I can take this huge following that I have for granted. It's tough to it's tough to really put words to it, but I think like, you know, sometimes I can be a little too cocky, uh, like to myself, like I'm not, I'm literally sitting here alone 24 seven, but like, (laughs) but what's funny is you were very scared 
with Unhinged. You thought you were going to lose it at any moment. So why are you suddenly so like secure? Well, it's the fan base. They're just so validating. I mean, I've I've been so motivated by the fan base. Like one direct message made me inspired me to write a book. Mm-hmm. It's coming out in like a month check it out <laughs> that's fucking awesome you heard it here first like a like a coffee table book or like a novel it's so i actually the, the dm was like i'm gonna include it in the book but I, so I, I got this dm that was like when this pandemic is over can you put together a book of all your memes it would it would win a pulitzer such emotion such turn of events <laughs> as the narrator turns from an innocent joker stuck inside their house to a grown man with meaning like fed up with this country's spiral out of control and i posted mm-hmm. it and i went to sleep and i was like uh i'm going to bed am i going to wake up with a book deal and then like i woke up with like five literary agents contacting me and I turned all of, I turned down all of the, those offers and I'm self-publishing it. But basically the book is kind of a combo of like a coffee table meme book and like a narrative of the development, like kind of same kind of stuff that we're talking about, but you know, like mm-hmm. a, more focused on the, the politics and the, the memes and the kind of journey. I love it so much to use that kind of validation to give you that confidence to do things you really want to do but also on the other side it's like a good piece of advice I got from a producer once was like don't believe the hate but also like you can't let the love get to your head too much because no, like they're both on you know when it's like extremes where people are just like you walk on on water and you're just so fucking amazing like you can't let that get to your head or next you know like <laughs> you become a monster who are you envious of in the world right now since you're kind of flying high i feel like i've spent a long time kind of being envious of of a lot of different people and wishing that I was a different person doing different things. And I think the true answer to your question is that I I don't have that much envy in me right now. I, I don't sit here anymore, like looking at what other people are doing and, and being like, I wish that was me. Maybe that's a little cliche, but like, honestly, I, I, I'm just like happy to be me on this journey that I'm on. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know where the train's going to end. What are you gluttonous about? Like, what's your guilty pleasure? It's got to be like the New York Times crossword. <laughs> when everything's too much, I just go into the cross, get lost in the crossword. You're blowing my fucking mind right now because the New York Times crossword has been my new favorite thing to do in life. And you know, I don't seem like that smart of a person. However, I'm not, I can't get past Monday, but the idea of challenging myself and trying to get better at something. And like, I feel like I'm getting smarter during it, but like my boyfriend used to do it at night and I'd be like, you're a fucking nerd loser. But then I like would solve one and I'd feel like this rush of a high. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just chasing, like I have a full addiction to New York Times crossword puzzle. You guys download it. It's like $6 a year or maybe a month i don't know but that seems like a lot it's, it's but anyway, like it's it, it's it's, it's the best, best money you spend and and like the crossword puzzle like the beauty of it is that like you, if you really like fall into it and you're you know you said you're only doing mondays that was me six months ago now i'm doing sundays but anyway not to brag <laughs> but i just bragged yeah, that, that hurt. Um, but that but hurt. anyway like crosswords are something that you can fully control like you from start to finish it's 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 all on you to either to get get figure it out or don't there's something beautiful about that it's like a tennis match sorry i had to bring up tennis also something beautiful about thinking that there's no way way out and then like one word you get just opening so many other opportunities it really is a metaphor for life crosswords because things can seem dark and then you just get one more step in the ladder and then suddenly you see a whole new perspective oh my god again i'm gonna cry why am i so emotional right now i'm not even pmsing when is the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger? Because you seem like the most chill guy. Yeah, I, I feel like I only get angry at people that I really am close to, if that makes sense. Oh. Like, I'm not an angry person, and I don't get angry often. Like, do you not snap on people on Instagram and tell you to die? No, honestly, I don't. Like, I, when people tell me to die, I, 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 like, turn it into such a joke. Like, I, I respond every time, and I turn it into such a joke <laughs> that they either end up apologizing or, like, I turn it See, into content. I get scared to respond. I get scared to, like, feed that energy. Even guys who send me creepy messages, I just put them on blast. Like, I don't even respond. Except when one guy asked me to be a sugar daddy. 
like he would pay me and then I wanted to be like why do you think that I tried to therapize him I was like why do you think that you need to pay women for love like why do you think you're not good enough just being yourself and he was like okay I didn't sign up for this I'm not gonna try to scam you (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing when was the last time you were a sloth um I think yesterday in preparation for today I uh I I I I find it very important I'm assuming you mean sloth isn't just like sitting around doing literally nothing yeah um so like you said like during the election I was literally posting at all hours of the day I I that kind of stuff and and right now I'm working on the book like non-stop but I think it's super important and this goes for like anyone who's doing anything to have like recharge days where you just literally do nothing um and i i would say i sloth it out two to three days a week i just like i turn off all my electronics and do crossword either do crossword puzzles or literally meditate or like i've binged two different mini series yesterday when i push myself too hard which society like fucking I mean, like, I, I respect Gary Vee, but, like, him being like, you got to wake up at 4 a.m. You gotta, it's like, if I do that, I have the worst days where you're so burnt out. You're, like, not good on podcasts. You're, like, making stupid yeah. errors in your work, and then you're just unmotivated. You start hating things. Like, I need to recharge, and if it's watching The Real Housewives yell at each other and lie to each other, that's good. If it's a New York Times puzzle, that's good. If it's just sleeping, that's good. Like, it's so important because this life is a marathon, not a sprint. I couldn't agree more. When was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? I mean, the honest answer is 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 like when corporates when like a couple weeks ago, I'm not like made of money or anything. And a couple weeks ago, this this very legit looking financial company offered me twenty thousand dollars to do one post for them on Quentin Quarantino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I told them to go fuck themselves. But the reason was like, you know, definitely rooted in the fact that like, you know, maybe this is a cop out answer, but like, you know, I looked in this company and it was like Billy McFarlane fire festival type of shit. And I just knew it was bullshit. Oh, and even though I could have really used the money, like I mm-hmm. told them to go fuck themselves. And I told some people about that and they were like, you're an idiot just take the 20 grand, make one post. No one, like it's one post out of thousands. No one's going to unfollow you. I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I just can't, I can't do it. And I, I do think that was an ego thing in, in, in a way. Cause before you didn't like that, like you were controlled by so many corporate sponsors, but now it's like, you also don't want to be too controlled by your followers that like, God forbid you can't do something to make money. Or well, listen, all, like, it, that, that, that's what you do so well is that like you No, <laughs> not, not to, you know, flatter you with compliments here. But whenever you do advertisements, um, you kind of like mesh your brand in with their brand and it fits really well. Like these guys were asking me to advertise some. Oh, they were sketch. It, it was the sketch. Like so. So it I was, was going to be Zoom, off brand and they're in this big office in England. And they had this like really fancy like giant unicorn statue behind this guy. And every it was like a 30 minute Zoom call. I was on the two other big meme accounts. And every like 30 seconds, there'd be like an eruption of applause. And it just it, it was like all fake. It was just like the fakest shit I've ever seen in my life. That is so I'm just, like there's sketchy stuff happening in this world. And it's good that you're looking at stuff with a critical yeah. eye. There's also what I love is when you and your head have like a bigger picture way that you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's good to wait and like g- get those people that really love you to like really understand you before you start like throwing shit down their throats. Not to get too graphic. No, I, I completely agree. You know, for lack of better words, like you make selling dildos funny, but I can't really sell dildos. <laughs> <laughs> love selling dildos it's my fucking favorite thing because i also think it's so empowering i'm like hey i just shoved this up my badge and it felt good what are you gonna do internet no honestly i, I love okay. it too i mean like uh, for you i love it for you you know <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay when was the last time you lusted over someone perfect segue oh god it's definitely alexandro ocasio 
Cortez. And uh, I recently, unfortunately, Kenzie? found out AOC. Yes, I unfortunately found out she has a partner. So um, it's more like, you know, if she wants to be like my best friend or like second mom. She could also do that. Did you follow the account? Are you trying to get her to follow? Uh, I would definitely cry if she followed me but she's not going just to start commenting on her shit. i feel like she's seen enough of my like enough people have sent me sent her shown her my stuff that she was like nah i'm not doing it she's blocked you um, she's blocked yeah you. she's I, you know my friend elise morales who was on burning in hell actually does her voice in the cart it's called cartoon president mm-hmm. and she kind of nails it but Yes, very glam. Also in general, Tommy, because I think that you're single, you're an eligible bachelor, you're successful, you're sweet. We we stan a Tommy. So for little devils who are single and want to sign to your blushing. DMs, what's your type? I don't really think I have a type, like, to be honest. I know that's that's also a cop-out answer, but, like... Like, it's just a feeling. No, because, like, I'm talking about, like, AOC, and, like, AOC isn't necessarily, like, my type. Like, I, I, I've never, like... I guess I've never found my type yet so maybe like dm me and like we'll figure out if you're my type (laughs) okay that's fun wait you guys i love him like i'm giving him the burning in hell stamp of approval for dateable men um and there's been on guys on this podcast that i would not do this i feel like there's no higher honor <laughs> There's no higher honor because everyone knows that. Can you send me like trash, a plaque so. or something? I'm gonna put that on my, on my <laughs> wall somewhere. There's <laughs> and then girls come in, they go, "Oh my god!" Well, also, I used to have these like douchey male roommates, Corey and Dave. We love them, but they are douchey now. They well, Dave has grown up and he has a fiance, Haley, who we love, who is my good friend. But anyway, they loved when I went out with them because girls subconsciously, if a girl is with a bunch of guys they're getting a stamp of approval that they're not creepy because, like, a girl's with them. So they just love when I'd be hanging out with them because girls would come up and be like, oh, I like your dress. Then I'd be like, oh, this is Corey. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, but I didn't get any credit. Anyway, that's my own problem. Last question for you. Oh, God. You've been through a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. in your young life. You've gotten SpongeBob tattoos. You've cried in the Port Authority. What advice would you give to the listeners on how to cope with your hell when you're in that darkness? I mean, I think that like weaknesses and and low points and rock bottoms are really like they inform they eventually inform you on like what your strengths are like failures are the learning experiences that make you have successes and not just like you know like like job success like just success to me is just like being happy and you have to just you know it's obviously been a horrible year and lots of people are not having a good time right now there's there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and i think that that when you know that you're at a really low point that's like you're already you're in a good position because you're aware of it and and that means that you can like start to start to change and start to move away from being in the 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 rock bottoms of of the port authority crying at the port authority bar um you know talking to like drug lords in the port authority bar (laughs) like just doing anything at the port authority bar you could have gotten involved with some bad stuff it could have you were hanging with a a strange crowd Mm -hmm. over there but i i do think it's important that you can't know happiness without darkness and like sometimes it really takes adversity for you to get the strength to like be successful and know what you're capable of tommy you're amazing thank you so much for doing this interview because i know that you don't do interviews very often but where can people follow you buy your merch i'm obsessed with his merch you guys i he he sent me a bunch but i also i did wear them all the fucking time i made you a custom pillow i want to get i want to get credit for that i made it two-sided that's when people freaked out that they were like oh my god you know quentin quarantino and i was like um he dm'd me two years ago so calm down um yeah where can people follow you the uh, the main at is quentin quarantino my personal i guess i'm dropping my personal these days really a weird feeling is uh tg mark tgmarc so uh that's that and i have a couple I have Quentin Wholesome too, where I just post happy memes and try to stay away from the politics and make people happy. Um, but those are, are the three main. And you can also follow me on Unhinged. That is still my page. I need to figure out what exactly uh, the deal yeah. is there. But, you know, it does exist still. And, and what's your website? Oh, right. Uh, of course, merch, the uh, the big <laughs> 
Olympic guy, uh, Quentin2020.com, which is going to have to change pretty soon because it's almost not 2020. But for now, it's... Or you keep it just to remember. Yeah, I mean, I am 20. I feel like I am 2020. Did someone have QuentinQuarantino.com? Yeah, unfortunately. Fuckers. Um, Because I didn't make... I didn't start selling merch until like six months into the pandemic. Yeah. So so, so people had bought That's what happened with Giggly Squad. Like, I didn't... Yeah. Yeah. It's really annoying. Well, speaking of Giggly Squad, if you guys haven't listened, I have a new podcast, Giggly Squad, with Paige Sorbo. It is so much fucking fun. A lot more pop culture and just giggling and making fun of everyone and everything and ourselves. And thank you so much for listening to Burning in Hell. Give me a rating, a review. Uh, I, I don't know, a pigeon signal, a smoke sign. I don't fucking know. Just I love you guys so much for listening. And thank you for coming to hell. Tommy, you're the best. Talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs>